God for his goodness. And hey, he is risen as he said he would. Praise God for his goodness. This is Resurrection Sunday. We are here to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. What an awesome thing to know that Jesus is alive. He's a risen from the dead. Yes, sir. Like the song say, I know my Redeemer lives. Praise God. Where you have your faith at this morning. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. We're going to get right into God's word. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you haven't had a chance to do your cheerful giving, uh, make sure you take care of that this morning. We appreciate that, okay? All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And we're going to get right into God's word. Verse number one. We're reading now out of the King James Version. It says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul said, I was with you in weakness, and I was with you in fear and much trembling. And my speech... My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In that same chapter, verse number 10, is what we're going to be talking about. This is our series. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit stretches all things, Yea, the deep things of God. That's why God gave you the Holy Ghost. Verse 12 said, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Let's pray. We're going to get right into God's word. Father, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son. Thank you for the death, bed, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus and him being the ultimate sacrifice paying the price for our sin that was committed through Adam. We give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. We bless you now, we praise you, and Lord, your grace is sufficient. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen, amen. All right, we want to continue. This morning we, we uh, talked about volume number four, uh, part three. Today we are on the volume number four, part four. And we already have done volume number one. All volumes are six tape series. And you can get those on your podcast. All right. But we talked about last week why God's wrath came on Israel. You need to get that because it was because they did not receive the word. If I, when I go back to the old covenant, I'm going to show you the same thing happened to Israel. They did not receive the word. Paul warned the children of Israel the same thing. When God gives you his word, he wants you to keep his word. But I know as a minister of God for the last 40 years, you don't see people preaching the word. They preach about the word, but not preaching the word. I'm talking about Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Now, what I want to do today is I want to take into some things we were not able to get to this morning. And so we're going to go to them this afternoon. All right, you was not here. Hope you get that 9 o'clock uh, Facebook. You can still get that this 9 o'clock. Uh, now we're going to do the second teaching. Let's go back to Philippians chapter 3. Let me give you my subject first. Let's go to Galatia 
chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. I like to read that Galatians chapter 6 out of the NLT. When I get that Galatians chapter number 6. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And verse 11, Paul says, Now what laws or letters I have used to write these closing words in my own hands, writing, those who are trying to force you to be circumcised want you to look good to others. They don't want to preach. They don't want to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save you. And even those who advocate circumcision don't keep the whole law themselves. They only want to be circumcised so that they can boast about it and claim you have their disciples. And verse 14 is what I want. It says, as for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of the cross, because of the cross, my interest in this world has been crucified. And the world interest in me has also been crucified, has also died. It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not, Paul says. It doesn't matter. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. See, all this other stuff is not going to matter. So you tell God, well, I was water baptized. Water baptism cannot transform you into a new creation. Well, I washed my feet. Not going to transform you into a new creation. You get to wash your feet, you're going to have the same feet. So you have to understand, the only thing that can transform you into a new creation is the word of the living God, the gospel Christ, which is the power of God unto salvation. All right, so what I want to do today, I want to talk about why we glory in the cross of Christ. In this ministry, we preach Christ and him crucified. But why do we do it? Why do we preach Christ's death? Why do we preach his burial, his resurrection? Because that's how you're saved. My responsibility is to make sure that you are saved and have the spirit of a living God, okay? Now, I'm talking about God's way, God's way. All right, so we're going to get right into God's word. While we're there in Galatians chapter 5, I want to read something in Galatians chapter 5 while I'm there. I'm going to go through that whole chapter because Galatians 5, 1, we read out the NLT. It says, so Christ truly set us free. He says, so now make sure that you stay free. Don't get up tied up again in slavery to the law. Listen, I'll Paul tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God. Now, some of you may say, well, we count on baptism. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you think you can take communion to make you right with God, wash feet, take all this stuff, baptism, circumcision, it can't make you right with God. That's all he's trying to say. He said, listen, if you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will no longer benefit you. I say again, Paul says, if you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. If you are trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen from God's grace. But we who live by the Spirit, Paul says, eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness of God promised to us. 
For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there's no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. There's no more benefit in that stuff. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. Watch what Paul's going to tell the church of Galatia. You are running this race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? Wait a minute. They, they believe the truth when they started out, Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. But religion got to them. Paul said in verse 8, Galatians 5, 8, if certainly, it, it certainly wasn't God, for he's the one who called you to freedom. The false teachers is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I am trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachers. God will judge that person, wherever he is, who has been confusing you. Dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, why am I still being persecuted? Watch this. If I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ. This is what it says. Why am I being persecuted? Because I'm preaching salvation through the cross of Christ. People are not preaching salvation through the cross. They're preaching salvation through water baptism, salvation through uh, taking communion, salvation through feet washing, circumcision. Paul says, dear brothers and sisters, if I was still preaching that, that you got to be circumcised, you got to be baptized, why am I still persecuted? If I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. So the only reason we are offending people because we are preaching Christ crucified for your salvation. We don't water baptize for salvation. We don't do communion for salvation. We don't do foot washing for salvation. We don't circumcise for salvation. We preach Christ and him crucified. See, that's what God is talking about. Christ is the fulfillment of water baptism. Christ is the fulfillment of circumcision. Christ is the fulfillment of the Passover. Christ is the fulfillment of these natural things that churches are doing. You got Christ now. You got the substance. All right, let's move on. Now, in Galatians chapter 5, I'm going to be reading down to verse number. Uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I read verse 11. That's what I want to get to. Now, let's go back to Galatians chapter 3, verse 10. Now, when Paul started this chapter off in Galatia, the first thing he says, Oh, foolish Galatians. Now, it's an awesome thing that these guys were foolish. He said, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear as you, as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Otherwise, did you receive the Holy Spirit because you got water baptized? Did you receive the Holy Spirit because you got circumcised? Did you receive the Holy Spirit because you took pass Passover, ate the bread and the wine? Did the Holy Ghost like that? No. No, you didn't get the Holy Ghost like that. But yet people are using that for their salvation. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 10, he said, But those who depend on the law to make themselves right with God are under his curse. 
I, I mean, that's awesome. Those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scripture says, Curse is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commands that are written in God's book of the law. So it, it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. See, what happened is we don't think water baptism is under the law. John the Baptist was under the law. John, Baptist Jesus, John baptized Jesus Christ under the law. Circumcision was under the law. Passover was under the law. It was given to Moses. Watch what the Bible says. In verse number 13. But Christ has rescued us from the curse of the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. He took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. Now, for it's written on the scriptures, curses everyone that hang on the tree. So through Jesus Christ, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit through faith. Because the gospel of Christ is preached to you and you believe it, God give you the Holy Spirit. Now, let's move on because we want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm just going to walk down the line here. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 14. See, we're talking about Everything Christ has done. What are we doing? We are glorying in the cross. Glorying in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 14. He said, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we all have died to our old life. He died for everyone. Christ died for all so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. That's how you know if you have a new life it's because Christ gave it to you, which is his life. You can't live for Christ if you have not received his new life. Watch this again. We are reading 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, 14. Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that he also have died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So if you have received Christ's new life, how do I know you got it? Because you're going to live for him. A man have not received God's life is not going to live for Christ. You're not going to live for Christ if you have not received his life. As a matter of fact, you cannot live for Christ if you have not received his new life. That's why Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me, Gave himself for me. So if you haven't received the new life, Christ's new life, you're not going to live for him nowhere. You have to have his life 
to live his life. That's, that's awesome. That's an awesome statement. Now, let's go to Ephesians. No, I got to finish 2 Corinthians here. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse number uh, 17, this means, this means that anyone who, be, who belonged to Christ had become a new creature, a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. So you got to ask yourself the question, has, has a new life begun in you? Or are you still living the old life? Because once you get born of the Spirit, you're a new creation, means you have a new life. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So you have to ask yourself, do I have a new life in Christ? How do I know I got a new life? I desire the things of the Spirit. I mind the things of the Spirit. Read Romans chapter 80 to tell you that. We're going to go there in a moment. Matter of fact, we go back there in a moment. If you, if you really have, a, have the Spirit, you're going to desire the things of the Spirit. You're not going to desire the things of the Spirit if you don't have the Spirit. Okay, I'm going to come right, I'm going to come right back to 2 Corinthians 5. I want to read this in Romans chapter 8 right quick. In Romans chapter number 8. He says in Romans 8, so now, verse 1, so now there's now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you. Freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the body of we sinners. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirements of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things. See, this is how you know you're led by the Spirit or are you led by your sinful nature. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things. Those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, thinks about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind will lead you to death. That's awesome. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads you to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads you to life and peace. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, we're going back there. So you have to ask yourself, are you led by the spirit or are you led by your sinful, sinful mind? And 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 said, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, new creature. And the old life is gone. A new life has begun. All of this is a gift from God. Now that's very important. A gift from God. You can't earn it. You can't purchase it. It's a gift from God. Who brought us back to himself. Watch this. He brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task 
of reconciling people to himself. For God was in Christ, reconciled the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. See, that's one of the hardest things for people to do. You're trying to get somebody saved, and then you tell them about their sins. You can't, you can't get me saved and then tell me how bad I am. Watch what God did. Watch what God did. Paul says, salvation in verse 18, 2 Corinthians 5, 18. All of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. God has given us this task of reconciling people to himself, bringing people back to God. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Watch how he did it. Not counting people's sins against them. Not counting people's sins against them. What an awesome, what an awesome God. And he gave us the wonderful message of reconciliation. Why people can't get saved? Because the first thing you're going to do is tell them how bad they are. Tell them how bad they are and everything that bad about them and what bad thing they're doing. That's not your ministry. Our ministry is to tell them what God has done for them. And let them choose their salvation. So we, Paul says, are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. See, that's our responsibility to tell people, God calling you to salvation, come back to God. Every time you hear the gospel preach, God's calling you, come back to God. For God made Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. What an awesome thing. We showed you Numbers 21 this morning. Well, they had to look to the cross. They had a serpent on a pole. Every man look at that serpent live. Numbers chapter 21. We read that this morning, verse 9. But watch this. For God has made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin. Think about what, what I'm saying. God made Christ to be the offering for our sins. And yet people will tell you, you get rid of sin when you're water baptized. You, 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 need, you need to read your Bible because you are in strict religion that had nothing to do with the word of God. You can't wash away your sin with water. With water. You can't eat enough communion bread and wine to get rid of sin. You can't wash your feet and get sanctified. See, all this stuff people are doing, that's the old covenant. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, God made Christ to be sin for us, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Isn't that something? You can only be right with God through Christ. You can't do nothing yourself to be right with God. Man, I tell you, this is the gospel. This is what the gospel is. We glory in the cross. We glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. He made him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin? That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Oh, I'm not done. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. This thing just gets good and good and good and good. It just 
This word is so good. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 11. From the book Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 11. I'm reading out the NLT. Watch what Paul is going to do to remind the Gentiles. He says, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jewish believer who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from the citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promises God has made for them. You lived in the world without God and without hope. But now, oh, glory to God. But now, you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far off from God, once we were far off from God. But now, you have been brought near to him. Watch this, watch this. Through the blood of Christ. Not water baptism, the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one person. One people. Into his own body on the cross. See, on the cross, God got rid of the law that separated Jews and Gentiles. You know, you hear that saying, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's what happened. God gave the law. God took the law away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But why did he give the law? To separate Israel so his son, Jesus Christ, could be born through the nation of Israel. But once Jesus Christ came, now on the cross, he's going to die on the cross and put Gentiles and Jews back together again and one body. Watch this. This is awesome. That's the cross, work of the cross. Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse number 14. Christ himself has brought peace to us. He reunited the Jews and the Gentiles in one person. In his own body on the cross. He broke down the middle wall of hostility that separated us, which was the law. He did this by ending... The old system of the law and its commandments and its regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new person from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups, Jews and Gentiles, to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility towards each other was put to death. That's what God has done. So when a man get in Christ, he has no hostility against another nation. When a man get in Christ, he doesn't hate another nation. See, that's what you got to understand. Once you get in Christ, therefore if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And in Christ, you need a Jew no more, Gentile, bond, no free. You're all one in Christ. See, that's what God did at the cross. Are people preaching the cross? No. But that's what God did at the cross. Now, let's go to the next one. We are reading Ephesians chapter 2. 
verse 11, and we're going to read that all to the end of the chapter. Now, watch what it says. Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse 14. I'm going to start there and read right on through. It says, For Christ himself has brought peace to, to us. He united Jews and Gentiles in one people in his own body on the cross. He broke down the middle wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with his commandments and regulation. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of the death of the cross. And our hostility towards each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far from him and peace to the Jews who were near to him. Now all of us can come to the Father through the Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. Oh, that's good news, man. That's good news. All of us can come to the Father because of what Christ has done for us. Because if that man is, has the Holy Spirit and that woman has the Holy Spirit and that boy got the Holy Spirit and that girl got the Holy Spirit, brother, you're a brother and sister in Christ. And so nothing going to bring you together until you get the Spirit. That's what you got to do. You can't get the Spirit if you don't hear and believe the gospel of Christ. Watch what it says. In verse 17, he brought this good, the good news of peace to us Gentiles who were far from him and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. And now he's going to talk about the new temple in the Lord. He says, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house. Let me say it again. Together we are his house. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the chief cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in Christ. Becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling place which God lives by the Spirit. So that's why the Apostle Paul, let me show you that. Apostle Paul asked the church, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Watch what he asked the church at Corinth. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. He said, do you realize, King James used the word, know ye not? Paul says, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God? One temple. And that the Spirit of God lives in you. See, the, the, the temple is not physically no more. That's Old Testament. Don't you realize that all of you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys his temple. But God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Now, if God created his temple holy, then what can you do to make it holier? Look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. See, if you just study this word, it's everything is about Christ and the church. 
Christ in the church, the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and verse 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 and verse 20. Last two verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and you were given, it was given to you by God? You don't know, you don't belong to yourself? Oh my God. Oh my God. Watch what Paul says. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost who lives in you and, and you were given, it was given to you by God? You don't belong to yourself. God bought you. See, we sing, I know my Redeemer lives. Well, if he's your Redeemer, then you belong to him. He bought you. He bought all of us with his own life. He redeemed us with his own blood. We belong to him now. So it's not right for us to go out and do what we want to do, live any kind of life when we don't belong to ourselves no more. What an awesome thing. Paul said, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost who lives in you and was given to you by God? You, you do know you do not belong to yourself. God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Honor him with your body because your body belongs to him now. You're the very house, the very temple of God. Now, let's go to Galatia. Chapter number one. Hope you're enjoying the word of God. This, this word is so good. Galatians chapter number one. Now Paul is talking about showing us over and over and over what Christ done for us. That's why we glory in the cross. See, you can, you can appreciate his resurrection if you're glory in the cross. When you found out what he did for us. Look at here in Galatians chapter one, verse one. This letter from Paul the Apostle, I was not appointed by any group of people or human authority. But I was appointed by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. All the brothers and sisters here joined me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sin. Then he stopped there and he told him. Jesus gave his life for our sins. What an, what an awesome thing. Just as God our Father planned, just as God our Father planned, in order to rescue us from this evil world which we live. Now, if you are, have your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, listen to what the word of God says. Christ died for our sins. Then it says, just as God the Father planned. Why did he do it? In order to rescue us from this evil world. Now, you need rescuing right now from this evil world. And so that's why you got to make sure that you're in Christ. Not in water baptism and I know people hate for me to keep saying it, but I must keep saying it because 90% of churches in America believe you got to be water baptized to be saved. That's not truth. 
So you got to understand, Christ died for your sin. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 15. You in car, right? Let me go back there. This is something that we read every time we get a chance in this church. Because in 1 Corinthians 15, I'm going to close out showing you about the resurrection of Christ. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he said, Now let me, verse 1 said, Now let me remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news that I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is this good news, 1 Corinthians 15 and 1. Verse 2 says, It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message that I told you, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. He said, I pass on to you what was most important. And what has also been passed on to me, Paul says. What was it, Paul? Number one, Christ died for our sins. Just as the scripture says. He was buried, just as the scripture says. And he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture says. So Paul told you that is how he was saved. Now, my point is this. If the man who wrote you the new covenant was saved by grace or through the cross of Christ Jesus, then what about us? How can we go against the author of the book? It's Paul who wrote you the epistle from Romans all the way to Philemon. Now we're going to go against what the word of God teaches us. Who gave Paul the message? The Holy Spirit. So for us to reject the new covenant, we are rejecting the Holy Spirit. All right, let's go on. Look at, uh, once again, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Man, I just love to hear those pages turning. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14. 2 Corinthians 10 and 14. I'm continuing to read out the NLT. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 14. It says, we are not teaching or reaching beyond your, these boundaries, Paul says, when we claim authority over you as if we had never visited you. For we were the first to travel all the way to Corinth with the good news of Christ. No, do we boast and claim credit for the work someone else has done. Instead, we hope that your faith will grow so that the boundaries of our work among you will be extended. Then we'll be able to go and preach the good news in other places far beyond you, where no one else is working. Then there will be no question of our boasting about work done in someone else's territory. And the scripture says, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. And that's what we talk about in our message. We glory in, our, in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. You want to brag, brag about Christ Jesus. When people commanded themselves or commend, commend themselves, it doesn't count for much. The important thing is for the Lord to commend you. So Paul is telling, don't brag on nothing else, brag on the Lord. Look at 1 Corinthians 1.30. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30. See, all through the word of God, he continues to say, if you're going to glory, glory in the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30 says, God has united 
God has united you with Christ Jesus for our benefit. God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. Oh, I just love keep hearing that. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from our sins. Therefore, as the scripture says, if you want a glory, glory about the Lord. If you want to boast, boast about the Lord. Talk about what the Lord has done. That's what this book is all about. All right, now, let's move on, because I got the other area I want to get to here. Uh, I want to give you some more on the resurrection, but I want to show you another point. Go to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9. This hour is already going down, but I got about 15 minutes. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 9. What an awesome God we serve. Jesus, just turn these pages. Get in this word. Read this book. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. We're going to start reading with verse number 9. Hebrews chapter 2. Talking about Christ Jesus. That's what this book is about. He says, what we do see in Jesus. What we do see in Jesus. Who was given a position a little lower than the angels. And because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. I, I, I want to just keep saying that over and over. Jesus tasted death for everybody. Jesus died for everybody. So anybody that don't go to heaven or, or don't go to eternal life with the Lord Jesus Christ, it's going to be your own fault. Because you can't get there in water baptism. You can't get there in circumcision and foot washing and taking communion. You can't get you there. Only Christ is going to get you there. You know, it's just like the days of Noah. If we were living in the days of Noah, and that's what Jesus compared his salvation to, as in the days of Noah, so should the coming of a son of man be. Well, in the days of Noah, God told Noah to build an ark. The end of all flesh had come. And, but there are Noah, his wife, his three sons and their wife, they built that ark, and they got in that ark, and God shut them in. When the storms of life begin to rage, when the waters and the flood begin to come, Noah wasn't worried. Noah was in that ark, and the Lord shut him in. You know who had a problem? All those unbelievers are on the outside, beating on the door. Noah, Noah opened the door, Noah. But Noah couldn't open the door because God shut him in. Don't you make the same mistake. Playing around, living a sinful life. Don't want the Lord Jesus Christ. Rejecting his tender mercies. Rejecting his salvation, his plan of salvation for your life. One day you're going to die. One day you're going to leave. Make sure you're saved. Make sure you're in Christ. All right, look at Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 2. Jesus tasted death for everybody. He's already died for you. You don't have to die for yourself. Physical, yeah. But when he said Christ tasted death for every man, 
Christ died, went to hell three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. You don't have to do that. You don't have to die and go to hell. You don't have to die and go in the grave. You can be absent from the body and be present with the Lord. You don't need to go through that. I pray you change your mind. The Bible says Jesus tasted death for every man. God for whom and through whom everything was made chose you to, he, he chose Christ to bring many sons to glory. Why don't you be one of those sons? And it was only right that he should make Jesus through his suffering a perfect leader, fit to bring them into their salvation. Let Jesus take you into your salvation. Just like God used Moses to take Moses into the promised land, into their salvation, let God use Jesus to take you into salvation. Watch what it says. So now Jesus and the one he makes holy have the Father, have the same Father that he has. This is why Jesus is not ashamed to be called them brothers or sisters, for he said to God, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among you, your assemblies and people. See, because God's children are human, made, made of flesh and blood. The Son also became flesh and blood. For only a human being could, be, could die. If Jesus was not made flesh, he couldn't die. And only by dying could he break, watch this, the power of the devil who had the power of death. See, the, the power of death was the power of the devil. But when Jesus died, the Bible said he broke the power of death. He had the power of devil. Power of the, death is the power of the devil. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. So you don't have to be afraid of dying anymore. Nobody want to die, but you don't have the fear of dying because we know to be absent from this body is to be present with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I've got one more. Man, I tell you, this word is so good because when I saw this when I saw this, this morning, it just took us right into the word of God and I just like to share. Let's go back to that last one. I'm going to close out on this. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to close out with this. 1 Corinthians. Hope you have enjoyed the word of God today. And he's talking about the resurrection body. I know a lot of people talk about the resurrection body, but they talk about your resurrection body, my resurrection body. No, this is not about my resurrection body. It's about God's resurrection body. And that's his son, Christ Jesus. First Corinthians chapter number 15. And it says in verse number 35. But some may ask, how will the dead be raised? And what kind of bodies they have? You know, that's a good question, isn't it? What a foolish question, Paul says. When you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. And what you put into the ground is not the plant that will grow, but only the bare seed or wheat or whatever you are planting. Then God gives it a new body. He wants it to have. Now, the first thing we do is when we hear this, if we think about our body, 
God's not talking about our body. He's talking about Christ when he buried his son. All right, let's move on. Then God gives us a new body he wants it to have. A different plant grows from each kind of seed. Simply, there are different kinds of flesh. One flesh of humans, another flesh of animals, another flesh of blood, another flesh of fish. These are also bodies in the heavens, bodies in the earth. The glory of the heavenly bodies are different from the glory of the earthly bodies. The sun has one kind of glory, while the moon and the stars has, a, has another kind of glory. Even the stars different from each other in glory. It's the same way in the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they will be raised to life forever. So when people hear that, they say, first of all, they're talking about us, crump. They're going to put us in the ground, and then our soul going to be in the body. Wait, 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 ho, ho, ho. You, you, you're missing the whole point. Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. Our earthly bodies are planted into the ground when it dies, but they'll be raised to life forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness. See, the first thing happened is we think we're thinking about our body. Now, let me go back to King James, and I want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, because the first thing he's talking about, Paul is comparing, is not our body. See, when I, when I read that in, in the NLT, he's, he's bringing it, he missed it. But watch what, watch what it really says. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 and verse number 35, talking about the resurrection. He's talking about Christ, what happened to Christ. And now we was at verse number 42. So also the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. Now you think about it because he's going to show you he's talking about Christ. It's, it's sown in corruption, it raised in incorruption. It's sown in dishonor, raised in glory. It's sown in weakness, raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it's raised a spiritual body. Watch what he says. There's a natural body and there's a spiritual body. Wait a minute, what did he just got through talking about? If there's a natural body, that's Adam. There's a spiritual body, that's Christ. See, what Paul is doing, he's taking the natural body and comparing it to the spiritual body. He's taking Adam and comparing it with Christ. Watch what he's going to say to you. So also the resurrection of the dead. Verse 42 again. It is sown in corruption, it's raising in incorruption. It's sown in dishonor, it's raising glory. It's sown in weakness, it's raising power. That's Christ. It's sown a natural body. Jesus died, buried a natural body, but it was raised a spiritual body. There's a natural body, there's a spiritual body. And so it's written. The first man was made a living soul. See, he's not talking about you. He's talking about Christ. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last man, Adam, was made a quickening spirit. He's comparing the first man, Adam, with the last man, Christ. Verse number 46. Howbeit, that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural. After that, which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth. Well, who's the first man? Not me, Adam. The first man is of the earth, earthly. The second man is the Lord from heaven. He's still comparing Adam to Christ. 
As is the earthly Adam, such are they also that are earthly. That's how we got our earthly body. As the heavenly Christ, such are they also that are heavenly. As we have born, carried, worn, the image of the earthly. So I'm wearing this body. As we have worn the image of the earthly, we shall also wear the image of the heavenly. So he's telling you, you wear this old body you got on now, but you're going to be wearing a new body. Then it says, but I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. How is this going to happen? Corruption cannot inherit any corruption. How is it going to happen? Paul said, I'm going to have to show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. We're not all going to die, Paul says. He's talking about at that time when he was waiting for the Lord to come for them. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. Well, who was the last trump? The Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, you have to study the book of Revelation. He was the last trump. The trump means preaching of the gospel. All right? The dead shall be raised incorruptible, because that's what happened under Paul's ministry, and we shall be changed. This corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. Now, that's what happened to immortality mean Christ. That's what happened when you get saved. Your soul puts on Christ. So when this corruptible soul put on Christ, and this mortal put on Christ, then shall be brought the path of sin, death is swallowed up in victory. See, what happened is, God put your soul in Christ, in life. First God made the soul, and then God made the life to put the soul in. See, when God started out in Genesis, he said, let us make man, and I image it after our likeness. But God didn't finish in the garden. God only made Adam in the garden. The natural man, the soul man. But when Christ came, he had to have another building because that house was clay and it was going to be destroyed. So what did God do? He made man a new place to live. So that's why when you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, said this earthly house of this tabernacle with the job, we have another building. So what did Christ come here to do? Up on this rock, I'll build my house. I'll build my church. I'll build my temple. And the gates of hell should not prevail against it. Know ye not that you are the temple of God? Know ye not that Christ lives in you? You are not your own. You bought with a price. Remember that? So what did God do? He built his house. Why did God build his house? For he can come here and live. God didn't build the house, your soul, for you to go somewhere, he built your soul so he can come here and live. So when God put Adam in the garden, why? Why did he go through all of that? So he could come here and live in Adam and be over all of his creation. My time is up. I thank you for yours. Every head bow. If you have not made Jesus your Lord, if you do not know what we're talking about, have not made Jesus your Lord, have never received Christ's death, being resurrection for your salvation, you can do that right now. You can do that right now. Pastor, I want to give my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
You got to understand, God already called you. He called you into his grace. God has already called you. But you must now make a choice and give the Lord your life. Give the Lord your life. Repeat after me, Father, I believe Christ died for my sins. I believe he was buried and I believe he was raised from the dead on the third day. But he didn't die for himself. He has not done anything wrong. He died for me. He died for mankind. He died for all those people was in Adam. In Adam all die. First Corinthians 15, 22, but in Christ all should be made alive. So receive the Lord Jesus Christ right now. Just receive in your heart. Father, I receive the Lord Jesus Christ right now into my heart. I receive the Holy Spirit. I receive all that you have for me. And Father, I thank you for saving me and making me your own child. Thank you for Christ's death, his burial, his resurrection for my salvation. My time is up. I thank you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.